welcome to the Dental Deep Dive, where we dive into industry trends and best practices for optimizing your dental organization while providing the best possible experience and care for patients. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Dental Deep Dive. I'm your host, David Danielson, and today I'm joined by Mike Uritz. Mike is a nationally recognized dental software and dental EHR expert. He's also the founder of Dental Group Partners and DentalSoftwareAdvisor.com. As a leading industry consultant and educator, Mike has helped dental groups, DSOs, and independent practices evaluate and select software technology and solutions to help them grow and expand their organizations and practices. He's also assisted dental clients with obtaining literally millions of dollars in technology subsidy payments through the federal government EHR program. We'd like to welcome Mike back to the program. And with that, let's dive in. So Mike, welcome back. Oh, thanks, David. I'm uh, I'm happy you actually invited me back. <laughs> we had a good time last time, so <laughs> looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's been crazy what we've seen uh, in dental over the last year. So we're we're really glad you could come back. So one of the things that you know we are talking a lot about right now is just kind of overall trends in dental space. So with almost every guest that we invite, we ask them about trends in their space. So can you just kind of tell us, since we last met, what's really happening in the dental medical interoperability space right now? Well, um, what I could say is I wish a year later we would see more, but <laughs> I am starting to see some exciting things happen. Mostly from my experience, I'm getting calls from health systems, and it seems like health systems that have dental clinics, that have hospitals and have medical clinics, are kind of starting to drive the need for medical dental interoperability. So it didn't just happen organically, unfortunately, in our industry, but I'm starting to see drivers. So I am seeing that need happen happen more and more and more in the space. Are you seeing it as out of necessity for the clinics, or is this more about, you know, they're trying to pursue some government initiative? I think it's really out of necessity, not necessarily for the clinics, right? but for the health system as a whole. I have some clients, I'm working with some health systems now, helping them look at dental software, their dental clinics, and the requirement is to be interoperable with the rest of the system. And the drivers are coming from executive management at the health systems because they want to have a cohesive system where data for a patient that goes from the hospital to a dental clinic, to a medical clinic, where it's accessible. <laughs> so I'm seeing that happen from the health systems in general not necessarily any government initiatives. I wish there were more push from the government as well, because as we know, having been, Dave, I was in the medical world for a lot of years, and, there, and government was pushing interoperability. That's where a lot of it started with HIEs and things like that. And I think it's interesting you bring up HIEs because I think that you're seeing some very interesting trends around the HIEs. I mean, you're seeing North Carolina coming online. You're seeing a couple of other states starting to get pretty serious about bringing their HIEs online. But these are going to be very distributed, right? And I think there's some tough things that we want to solve at an industry level around the true fluidity of data. I mean, just because I was a patient in North Carolina last week doesn't mean I don't live in South Carolina tomorrow. And that data still needs to flow. Exactly. And and you and I both know we need standardization. I remember when HAEs in their heyday, when they started in the medical world, for example, you'd have HAEs in one state and HAEs in another state. And the vendors really had the challenge 
because they had to do things a little bit differently <laughs> to adapt to what each state required. And hopefully <laughs> we're, we're going to see more and more standardization with this so we can truly have distributed technology and vendors like yourself have a little bit of an easier road to be able to work with all the HIEs in a national network, basically. Yeah. So obviously we've had conversations over the years and I understand from you personally that you spend a lot of time really looking at the landscape, looking at health systems. Are you finding that they're being pretty successful in their interoperability implementations? Or is this something that, I mean, you just highlighted the fact that standards were loosey-goosey for a long time, and now there's a little bit more constraint on them. Are you finding that people are being more successful? With dental medical or just in general with interoperability between disparate systems within the health system? Let's start with disparate systems and then we'll dive into medical dental. Okay. Not really. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, technology, you and I are both techies, right? You can always get better technology. And 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 as you and I both know, right, we have standards for interoperability, like in the in the hospital healthcare world, it's HL7. What does that mean, right? It's just the way to get information from one area to another. So there still has to be a lot of work done, right? Like, for example, the dental clinics I'm working with that want to have interoperability with the hospitals, there's work that has to be done between the hospital system and the the dental vendor. The the challenge and the interesting thing is what I don't think people realize is the biggest challenge isn't so much the technology, the pipes, how you get from one place to another, but really defining the data, right? I, I spend so much time, like with these health systems I'm working with, we have data groups and that's all we do is try to figure out the granularity of the data that we need to get between the hospital system, between the dental system, between the medical clinics. So I think people don't, that's discounted it's a lot, the, the data portion of it, when people just look at the technology. But to answer your question, I still think we have a long way to go in general with getting that interoperability that we're looking for. It's interesting. I, I think you bring up some good points. I mean, I think at some level, interoperability creates a, a double-edged sword in, in some scenarios. I think one of them is that now that you're connected, you have a massive amount of data that can be shared. And then you have a filtering problem because you want to filter to what's relevant. And particularly for the clinics that, that I have exposure to, one of their priorities is they find that they're not a hospital. They don't operate like a hospital. Operatories and dental practices don't act like rooms in a hospital. And so the behavior is different. And so they have different goals and, and there's some increased prioritization for them, particularly around their own workflows and what's going to be most efficient. Can you talk to a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. It's funny you mentioned that between dental and let's say a hospital. I also found that spending years in the medical world, it's the same with ambulatory clinics in the health system, right? Because they're ambulatory, kind of like in a way, a dental clinics, outpatients, right? And they have a whole different world and a whole different workflow. And the data that the hospital's thinking about isn't necessarily helpful to a dental clinic or an ambulatory medical clinic, right? The thing I find interesting though is, and I I hope it'll change. I think it'll change is that from my experience working with the dental clinics and the health systems that I'm working with presently and a little bit in the past, everything's a push, right? The healthcare system wants to get data from the dental software vendor from their database, but there's not a lot of talk about passing data back to the dental clinic that would be helpful. Of course, they have to determine what that is, but still the point is, I think it's this poem, like the hospital's at the center of everything, right? I don't know if you found that as well, but I wish it would be more evenly distributed between the data 
data truly passes back and forth, right, depending on the need. And hopefully we'll get there. But that psychology of kind of who's in the center in a health system and interoperability, I believe, needs to change a bit. I was reading some a case study recently where an organization took on both medical dental integration. And the thing they thought was really interesting, going back to your point, was they talked about this whole push-pull thing. And they said, you know, one of the biggest things that was most surprising was that they expected the medical data to be the most accurate. (laughs) When in practice, what they found is that the demographic data used by the medical software was the most out of date. The dental software was much more current. They see the patients much more regularly. And so I, I really agree with where you're going on that, which is, you know, this interoperability discussion, it's about the flow of information. Sometimes it's going in and sometimes it's coming out. And I think that if you look at what's going on in the standards arena, I think that's something that we're trying to we're trying to crack into at an industry level. And I think that's a really super valuable insight there. You know, Dave, that's a really good point you just made about how people are seen typically more in dental clinics, right? So from an oral health perspective, a lot of the medical conditions people have, especially in the oral cavity, the, the tips, the tip of the iceberg, right? Cancers and things, that's gonna be found more often in the dental clinic. So why wouldn't they look at the dental clinic as being a provider of more of that information? And the other thing that irks me a little bit, and we're both in the dental field, right? Dental technology field, is the idea that, Things are medically driven, right? I mean, I do a lot of work with FQACs as well. I know you guys do too, right? And the biggest complaint, you know, <laughs> as you know, that we have from, we talk about medical dental mobility. Well, the center of that are the FQHCs, right? Public health, because they typically have a medical and dental side as well. And the dentists are just like, man, we have to do whatever the, whatever systems the medical providers want. We have to go along and, and I'm trying to get them to march their own drumbeat, Right. The, the dentist, but I think there's this idea that it's been driven by medical for so long that even when we get to the technology, even if dental software vendors have equal or even better technology than some of the medical EHR vendors, I think still there's this feeling and, and it will change. I, if I have anything to do with it, it will change. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but, but it, that, that it comes from medical, right? And I think I'm seeing so much exciting technology in the dental software world I would hope that the medical side would go, wow, we can learn from some of this stuff, right? So that's right. I hope it's going to be going ultimately with dental medical interoperability. Yeah. I think medical's been telling a very interesting story for a while, but I think they're they've been ignoring the flow of value. And and I think patient value comes from how well can we take care of a patient? And I don't I don't think that there's one right way to do that. I don't think it's you know, rubber stamp it with one medical vendor's opinion, or (laughs) that's certainly not going to work, right? And there's a lot of ways for organizations to be successful. And I think it comes back to them really evaluating their options. And and I think there's some really valid ways that organizations can be successful right now doing this. And, And, you know, with the interoperability in health systems, what's interesting is at this point in time, when you think about how they're looking at dental data through HL7 or however they get it, right? Well, they're saying, okay, we want scheduling data from from the dental clinics. We want these basic practice management things. So if, for example, one of our patients goes to a hospital and they go to the dental clinic, we can see they have an appointment that's a conflict, right? And maybe the dental clinic can get some med lists so they know what medications they're on. But it's like, man, 
we're just pulling the data from the dental clinic from a clinical oral health perspective that you can use for decision support. And a lot of the things that medical uses in their software, right? We know that, that over the years I've been in medical, I've seen this evolution, right? Of clinical decision support in medical where they're using evidence-based medicine and procedures and you do really good analytics. We don't do that in dentistry, but now that we have interoperability and can get the dental data from an oral health perspective, they should be pulling that data in and doing, you know, procedures and decision support based on that data too. But but that's the part that's missing. It's not being able to get the data, right? It's how to use it to add it to a person's patient care. And that's what I wish health systems would see more of pulling the dental data and using it from a clinical perspective. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And you bring up a really interesting topic. And and maybe I want to ask this question in a little different way, which is, is, you know, we see two camps of thought here. We see integrated medical dental as a system, and we also see true interoperable systems. Right. And sometimes when people hear interoperability, they think those things are synonymous. But I think those things are very different. Can you speak to those concepts really quick? Yes, and it's actually a sore point with me, and it goes back to a lot of the work that I do with the FQHCs, right? You know, one of the things I do is help FQHCs get software. And, and part of that is to really look at they do need interoperability or need to pass the data, right? So let's kind of talk about that. Let's define things a little bit, right? When I think about medical dental integration and the software vendor, typically it's a medical software vendor leading as a medical software EHR vendor. And by the way, we have some dental clinics too. So let's have some modules in our system that work with dental clinics, right? And we can have all one happy database of everything, right? Well, that's nice where everything's in one place, but so many times these vendors, because they come from the medical world, don't look at what you're talking about before, right? The types of workflows a dental clinic needs are really truly dental clinic needs, right? And it kind of limits, right? An FQHC or a health system if they're looking at this, quote, integrated approach with one piece of software, because they don't have choices, they can't get best of breed, right? They have one software. Yes, it has data for satisfying dental and medical, but it's one piece of software. True interoperability, in my mind, is using standards to say, okay, look, we're a dental vendor, software vendor, right? But we can work with any medical EHR that you have, right? Or conversely, we're a medical software vendor with interoperability, and we can work through standards with any dental software vendor, right? Well, once you start looking at that, okay, now it kind of opens up the playing field. Now you can have a best of breed in terms of the best dental software vendor, the best medical software vendor, the best hospital software vendor. And if they all work through standards, then you're getting software that works. I mean, I haven't seen a software vendor that does everything great, right? Medical, dental, hospital, you know, it's just not there. So my choice as a consultant would be to get, like I said, a best of breed. So in my mind, the definition of integrated means one vendor that has everything versus really having different vendors that work with each other. Does that kind of answer your question? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I, I think that you're you're hitting on some really salient points. And maybe the follow-up question to this is, you know, if you were advising a, a medical director or a dental director today, 
what would you want them to be aware of, you know, when they're looking at a medical system or a dental software that needs to be part of a medical system? What should they be really looking for? Well, the the first thing is, well, first of all, if they're a dental director, I would tell them, hey, man, the train has left the station. You can do interoperability because for some reason in our industry, either closed ears or not hearing things, but but from the dental side, there's not a real awareness like, hey, we can do this stuff, you know. Now, in the medical side, you do see that, right? So basically, what I would advise a medical or dental director is, number one, the technology is there, but recognize its work. Recognize that, yes, you can maybe get a totally integrated system that's going to fit right in, but it's not going to meet all your needs. But if you're willing to do the work of looking at the data, right, flowing back and forth, defining that, right, looking at best of breed solutions for your dental clinics, what works best? I mean, at the end of the day, we're trying to help providers do the best job with patient care, right, and clinics do the best job. So first of all, I tell them, look, look at the best dental software that, by the way, can interoperate with medical software, right? I don't tell them looking the other way. I don't I don't really recommend saying, hey, let's get something that interoperates. And then, by the way, we hope that it'll work for your dental clinic workflows or your patients, right? So that'd be the biggest thing is to have them understand technology is there. It's going to be work. But to look at your providers first for their needs and your clinic's needs, and then make sure that whatever software vendor you work with, they are willing to work with the other elements of the health system or the FQHC. Uh, in Kumbaya, right? they'll work together to make it work because the technology is there. You and I know that, right? It's just a matter of working together to make it flow. And I think the barrier, I know that you highlight the, the fact that there's work there. I think that the work over the next little while is going to get more plug and play. That's my opinion. I, I think that you're going to start seeing, you're going to see some very interesting innovation in that area because we, we know that there's a little bit of a lift and, and that's true of all HL7 style, legacy HL7 interfaces. You know, what I'm seeing right now in the market, uh, I'm seeing some very interesting progress in that area. I think there's going to be some things that people are going to want to just keep their pulse on because I'm not going to say that it's going to go full push button, but I think that the flow of data, I think the nature of the flow of data is evolving. And I, and I, I really, you know, I think that's a testament to the ONC and some of the initiatives they've been pushing and part of the standards group. But, you know, you look at HL7.org and some of their innovation they're doing in that in the fire arena. I think that we've really come a long way. You know, if you're looking at it from a broad spectrum perspective, I think there's some things that are really relevant right now as it pertains to turning that into a push button solution versus a, you know, a complicated web or a matrix of decisions. And and I think for most organizations that, that I work with, that matrix is actually pretty simple. I mean, there's really a handful of things that they really want to get mapped together. I think having that conversation is important, but we're finding that people are, can be very successful right now doing this. Right. And let's not get too deep into the geek weeds, but that's a really great point, right? Because world changes, the technologies changes, right? We've moved more and more over the last few years to a web-based world with APIs and Whoops, let's not get too geek, but 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 the ability to more easily connect things, right? I mean, my gosh, look at apps and phones, right? The world is based on connecting things, right? So I believe what you're alluding to, and you being a vendor have to be at the pulse of this, right? Where it's happening. But 
the frameworks we have are there, right? So basically, you're, you're right. It's going to get, when I was working in the medical world with hospitals, you know, 12 years ago, my gosh, you know, trying to get interoperability, even though we have this thing called HL7, it was work, right? It was work all the time. But but talk to me a little bit about, and I'm interested because you do have your pulse on it, about the next two, three years, we talk about plug and play without getting too technical, right? You and I can do it, talk technical, but for the listeners, talk to me about what, what's happening, right? From your standpoint with the quote, plug and play of interoperability, just some general just some general things we can hang our hat on. So I think there's a couple of things that are hitting critical mass. I think larger networks, national networks, I think the flow of information between the larger networks is becoming more fluid. And I think that there's a role that's going to be driven out of that. I see the role of the, and we use the term API and for audience listeners that are maybe don't track what that is. That's application programming interfaces. So think of it as uh, how how software systems talk to each other. I I think that there's there's been a lot of innovation that you can make things a little bit more packaged up. I think it's a little bit easier for people to do those connections. I think it's easier for people to consume that type of data. And I really see quite a bit of innovation, particularly in those arenas, I've seen a ton of that on the dental side in the last little while. And I think that because of that, you're seeing a greater interest in medical software vendors exploring how they want to do that activity. And there's a lot of conversations. I know that I have them. I'm expecting that they're happening in, in large part across other organizations. But there's there's a desire. I mean, people are really seeing the value of, of oral information in the medical record. And I think you know, I think there's some areas of, of innovation that need to happen there to really take it to the next set of levels, as it were. But I think there's some pieces that are really relevant that have changed even in the last 10 months. I, I think there's changes that are happening. Um, I'm starting to see it when you start looking at some of the largest organizations in the world. This is a topic. They're trying to figure it out and how they're going to deliver that technology and share it together. This isn't just medical software companies talking to dental software companies. I think this is, we're seeing conversations across the board. I'm seeing it with payers. I'm seeing it with insurance companies. I'm seeing it with organizations, not just the customer. Like sometimes it's an end customer. Sometimes it's a state customer. Sometimes it's a a federal organization. And I think there's a lot of impetus between these types of conversations are all going down a very similar road at the same time, but they're not, they don't see why that's happening. We just know that it is. And so you're, you're seeing those, those types of activities being driven. I have a really unique lens because I get to see the conversations with uh, FQHCs and safety net organizations, but I also get to see it on the government, federal and state side where people are really trying to advance what they're doing to take care of patients. And, and I think that's a really exciting place to be because those are those are really important conversations because it's not, it's not just the patients that we see. It's some of it has to do with the patients that we're not seeing. And, and I think access to care is being a huge driver in this. And the type of care that patients need comes in all different shapes and sizes. And I think we're as an organization, um, if you were to look at it from a Henry Schein level perspective, 
that's something we're very interested in in helping with. We we want to improve access to care. Right, and and, and it's real interesting, Dave. You were mentioning you're looking at it from a vendor side, which is unique. I have an interesting perspective too, coming from the consulting side, representing clients, DSOs, groups, practices that are looking for software and need better patient care, like you said, better access to patient care, as well, having been in medical software and EHRs for many years, I still have connections and clients in that world. So it's really interesting. But what I'm seeing finally is that providers, medical providers are starting to recognize the importance to take care of their patients. Oh, they are all health perspective, right? In the past, you know, there's the separation, right, of, of dentistry from the rest of healthcare, right? There's always been, I don't know why, but it's been there, right? Well, now that medicine is saying, hey, you know what? <laughs> we have this thing called oral healthcare, which is part of our patient's health, just like cardiology would be, or orthopedics or whatever. Now, all of a sudden, you're starting to say, hey, we need this information, and we can better take care of our patients with the dental information, right? And And, and we want better connections to dental providers too, because we may not have all the answers, but how can we get that electronic connection if we have an issue with our patient that we don't understand because we weren't trained in oral health, right? You know, it's, it's really funny because when I was in medical for all those years, the concept, did you hear about the concept of the medical home with that was years ago? I'll explain to the listeners. The concept of medical home is that this is years ago when EHRs first started really getting big, right? Was that, hey man, now we have technology where you're not in a void if you're a patient, you don't have this provider and this provider, you have a team, you have a medical team, the medical home, and you're at the center of it as a patient, right? Dentistry has never been part of that before, right? <laughs> the, the medical home with all these specialists and all these hospitals and the patient in the middle, but where's the oral health, right? And so now that's why this is so important is because patient care is truly, what do we call it, a dental home combined with a medical home, but the idea of a patient care team now electronically, even to the point, and, and you know this, it's expanding out, right? You do a lot of imaging. I mean, that's your forte, Shine. You do a lot of imaging. Well, being able now to look and sending information to radiology companies, very sophisticated imaging cases that you can't do in a solo practice, right? With this with interoperability of all the stuff you and I are talking about, now you bring in all the resources in the health system that could take care of a patient from an oral health perspective. So, so anyway, I, I look forward to that connection more and more and bringing in our industry within the healthcare world using the technology you and I were talking about. You know, one of the things I kind of want to springboard off of that is we talk about the what a lot and we know some of the whys, but one of the drivers I think has really been patients getting access to their to their own medical records, right? I think that's a I think that's a key driver. And and I think that was really being pushed a lot through the 21st Century Cures Act. How do you think adoption of the Cures Act is going to influence that medical dental integration? Well, I'll tell you, <laughs> this is interesting. I'll tell you a little story and it'll, it'll go back a few years. But remember when Meaningful Use started years ago, back in about 2010 to 2011? You know, I was actually part of a lot of initiative. I was in some of the government groups that formulated it. The point is how this, that act, that the Meaningful Use, the EHR Incentive Program, helped drive EHR technology to the point where we are now, right? So now we have this other big governmental initiative, right? Next steps, right? Meaningful use is still there, but it's kind of in the rearview screen a little bit, right? But to answer your question, the Cures Act hopefully will drive this next level of interoperability 
patients having access to their data, just like the Meaningful Use slash EHR Incentive Program helped drive technology to where we are now. I really believe the Cures Act, because they are pushing vendors and saying, hey, man, you have to you have to do interoperability. You have to give patient access. You have to do all the things you and I are talking about. I don't know what the penalties will be, but but you know what? You know the government is right. At some point, if vendors don't do what you and I are talking about, well, there will be some repercussions somewhere. If not repercussions, they'll lose market share. I'll tell you that much because I do know that vendors in the medical world that didn't follow meaningful use and didn't invest in that, they started losing market share. So. The reason I think Cures Act is going to drive a lot of the technology you and I are talking about in this podcast is because it'll make more awareness of the need for it. And that's what I'm excited about. So, yeah, I think this will, the Cures Act will help us get to the next level of what you and I are looking for. You know, one thing that uh, I really like to do when we start to get to the, uh, the end of the podcast, the wrap up portion, as it were. And, you know, I know that your time's valuable. And for our listeners, one of the things that we want to make sure we do is we create value for them. So if you were to sit down with a dental director today and you were to give them your top three pieces of advice on this topic, what would you tell them to do right now? Well, first of all, there's a few things. When I sit down with dental directors, I have to talk to them about when they get new technology, new software, following the process you and I have talked about. That's part of what I helped them was taking them through an analytical process of getting the software. So the first thing I would say is, it's to the point I was saying about getting the best dental software. So if I sit down with a dental director, let's say they're in a healthcare system or an FQHC or a DSO that wants to do more business with specialists, right? Because <laughs> we didn't even talk about that, right? How that's helpful to a DSO or group of practice. But what I would say is first, concentrate on getting the best software. Go through the right process to get the best software for your clinics. Period. Bring your providers in, bring your practice management people, but with the eye that two things. Okay, either the vendors that we're looking at or the vendors you're looking at, let's say you're not working with me, the vendors you're looking at will either have the ability to do interoperability, will follow standards, number one, and have shown that and are willing to do that. Or number two, because we're kind of in this point where I think things are going to start happening more and more with technology. If they haven't had it and they haven't had this interoperability, really drill down to the technical people in the vendors you're looking at, because they might very well have projects looking at interoperability that haven't maybe hit the mainstream for the vendor yet. And so so I would say either look at vendors that have the technology or that are close to doing it or serious about doing it, because you, you need those two sides. I, I don't really want to deal with the vendors that are just myopic and have the best software for billing, and that's about it, or whatever, right? Because I'll tell you that in the EHR world, the reason it grew in medicine was because the clinical portions of the software and the need for clinical, better clinical software grew. The same thing's happening in dentistry. So if I sat down with a dental director, I would say to really look closely at the clinical areas your software vendors have, the innovations they have, and the ability to do interoperability, really focus on the clinical part, because I really believe, just like in the medical EHR world, the clinical stuff is what's really going to help drive our industry to success. So I don't know if I answered your question, but <laughs> I probably gave you a million things I would tell them. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, those would be how I would really advise them and how to look at getting new technology. Perfect. So 
I guess just in wrap up today, first off, Mike, thank you so much for coming back on the program. We're really glad that you could join us. A lot of great nuggets in our session today. I'm, I'm really excited to go back and re-listen to a couple of those because there's some things that I'm, I'm kind of pondering about. And with that, uh, thank you again for joining us. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, please like and subscribe. We're excited to bring best practices from all corners of the dental medical market together so that organizations can have the best insights and information they can to make the best decisions they can. So thanks again for joining us and we will catch you next time. We were so glad to have Mike join us on this episode of the Dental Deep Dive. We really appreciated his insights into what's happening in the interoperability of dentistry landscape, that medical dental discussion. One of the things that really stood out to me was his distinction between integrated dental medical systems and true interoperable systems and how you can really take advantage of interoperability to build out the most efficient practices possible. Mike has joined us previously on the podcast in episodes four and five. So if you'd like to learn a little bit more about dental interoperability or EHR integration, you can go back and visit those episodes. With that, thank you again for joining this episode of the Dental Deep Dive. We'll see you again soon. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Dentrix Enterprise, for sponsoring this episode of the Dental Deep Dive. Dentrix Enterprise is a powerful practice management platform that allows organizations to not only standardize their operations, but also scale effectively and efficiently. As organizations look to expand and do medical dental integration or interoperability, Dentrix Enterprise has powerful interoperable features, allowing organizations who have already connected to more than 40 different EHR systems to share the most valuable information to help dentists make the right decisions at the right time. If you'd like to learn more about how Dentrix Enterprise can provide the interoperability you need, please visit them at dentrixenterprise.com forward slash dental deep dive. Oh,